oh my gosh, I have learned so much about myself that I wasn't even aware of. And it's a lifelong journey, you know, it's not like one and done. Um, but those are like the three best, best, best tips that I could give, like meditation, journaling, and working with a therapist. Or coach. Ooh, I gotta go. I've been working, told them, please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bro. Just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog, so I paid on my fees. I was starving for this day, now my fan, they can't eat. It can be tough to transition from a student to a professional nurse. I remember when I passed my NCLEX and started my first job, I noticed a lot of differences in clinical versus bedside. That is why I want to tell you about the nurse residency program with HCA Healthcare. HCA Healthcare's Nurse Residency Program supports newly graduating nursing students at the early stages of their careers. Develop critical thinking skills through hands-on clinical experience with the help of a strong community of nurses. Plus, nursing residents get access to a range of opportunities to learn, including specialists in ER, critical care, and in surgical services. Not only that, HCA Healthcare's Nurse Residency Program comes with other great benefits like tuition reimbursement, student loan assistance, and a 401k match. Build a foundation for your career at any of the HCA Healthcare's 184 hospitals across 19 states. Students who are preparing to graduate and recent grads are eligible to apply to the nurse residency program by visiting careers.hcahealthcare.com residency. Again, that's careers dot hca healthcare dot com slash residency hca healthcare an equal opportunity employer hey everyone welcome to another cup of nurses episode here with your hosts peter and matt thank you everyone for taking time and tuning in if you're new here welcome this is a show that is straight business we don't gloss over any tough subjects and those that are reoccurring listeners thank you for always tuning in and hanging out with us we appreciate your time and those that are listening find value in this podcast go ahead and smack the five stars give it a like subscribe share with your loved ones this is how the show gets downloads ranks and this is what ultimately motivates us to keep on producing this high quality content so share the love we're trying to change the world we're nurses on a mission here for anything conscious related, check out our sister website, frontlinewarriors.com. A lot of cool, conscious, wellness, mindfulness blogs there. And we have a lot of nursing debriefments, the day in the life. Check out our site, our YouTube channel. We're growing and the content is only expanding. And this project that's soon to be, prontohealth.com, we're trying to innovate and revolutionize the way healthcare gets provided and i'm super super pumped about this project what it's going to be a lot of hard work a lot of great minds behind it what's up pete another great day here in san diego man but today we have a special guest her name is crystal grant crystal grant is a crna and also the ceo of superscripts wellness and also an author of several books she has worked in healthcare for over 20 years and now coaches nurses and crnas on how to overcome imposter syndrome she has a new book coming out a crna's guide to overcoming imposter syndrome Crystal also has her own line of vitamin gummy bears. Tune in as we talk about imposter syndrome and ways to overcome it and uh, get it out of your mind. 
thank you so much for being here, Crystal. Can you give us a little bit of background about yourself and how you ended up to be where you are today? Um, well, thank you for having me uh, again. Uh, so my name is Crystal Grant. I am a registered nurse. Uh, I've been a registered nurse for 20 years this coming May. Um, and then I hold a master's of science in nursing and nurse anesthesia from Rutgers University. So I've been a CRNA for nine years. Um, that's my daytime stuff, you know, that's my nine to five. Behind the scenes, I am also the CEO of Superscript Wellness, which is my health and wellness business. I created a line of gummy vitamins. Um, my first gummy vitamin was for the immune system and that came out last April. Um, <clears throat> we rebranded and decided to add three additional products. And I have a hair, skin and nail gummy. I have a adult and children's multivitamin. And we just actually partnered with walmart.com. So all four of my gummies are available on there. And then, as if that's not enough, I'm also an author. Um, my first book was called Acceptance Granted. That was written in 2019. It's available on Amazon. And then I wrote the Super CRNA series. Mm -hmm. And my next book, which is coming out next week, is about a guide on beating imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, as somebody who has dealt with imposter syndrome, and I know we'll talk a, a little bit more about it, um, I'm often asked how I kind of transformed my life and became this individual that we now see on social media. And so I was like, what better way than to write a book about it? So um, I'm actually coaching individuals as well who are interested in beating their imposter syndrome and living their best lives. So I've got my hands in <laughs> many different jars. Mm -hmm. That's amazing how you just took this all upon yourself. So just to unpack this question, and we're just talking about imposter syndrome, do you feel like you use it towards your benefit to achieve you have everything today? Or maybe that wasn't your goal initially, but as you progressed to being a CRNA and then took on the uh, the side hustles to writing books to becoming who you are, did you feel like the imposter syndrome was your benefit? So... <sighs> Connecting the dots going backwards, I can probably say yes, it was to my benefit. And somebody may say, well, how is that beneficial? <laughs> well, it's beneficial because, you know, I'm able to now show up in front of audiences and do things like podcasts in order to spread the knowledge about it and educate others about it who may be going through it and not even realize, hey, that's me. Um, you know, I'm able to show up on social media. And so for for many, many different reasons, yes, I think it was beneficial, although I didn't at the time know that, mm -hmm. you know, when I started doing all the work on myself. I feel a lot of nurses get imposter imposter syndrome after graduating nursing school and getting their first nursing job because when i remember when i like reflect back on when you and i were like 21 22 years old when we came out of nursing school got our first nursing job um i feel like we definitely had some imposter syndrome because when we like took a step back from what we accomplished and everything and looked at it from like a bird's eye view we were on a different path than a lot of our friends were 
And there was definitely at, at times when I was at work or doing things that I felt like I shouldn't be here because like this wasn't almost expected of me. And, you, and you're never comfortable, comfortable with that feeling because you feel like you're like an outcast and you're not really supposed to be in that role that, that, it, that you're feeling. So what are some like thoughts that go through your head when you had imposter syndrome? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I'll just say this um, in doing all my research about it, you know, 80 percent of individuals actually have had some type of imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. Um, it's mostly mostly in the professional world. So you saying, you know, as a new nurse, you experience imposter syndrome, that actually makes sense. Um, over 40 percent of women of color uh, face imposter syndrome the most. And I think for me, um, you know, same thing. When I graduated nursing school, nursing school teaches you the fundamentals of how to pass the boards, right? It doesn't really teach you how to be a nurse. So then you get out and you are now, let's say you think, well, I should know this. Like I should know everything. And and you shouldn't because you don't know how to be a nurse yet. Like you, it, there's a learning curve. Mm -hmm. And I think if you are an individual who is especially hard on yourself, like I was, um, you know, you can really start getting into your head and which just makes things even worse. And it's like a, it's like a spiral, right? Um, because you think you should know it. You think you're not good enough. It, it looks like everybody else is picking up things better when most of the time they're just as scared and don't know it either, mm -hmm. you know? So um, they're kind of faking it till they make it. Mm -hmm. And so it can be a very isolating period. I know I felt really isolated. Um, I felt very alone. Um, my transcript said one thing, you know, I'm this 3.99 summa cum laude grad, but in the med surge ICU, I'm like, how do you connect the secondary IV tubing and does this go higher or lower? Like, <laughs> like, you know, just, just the things we, we need to learn as a new nurse. Um, so actually I struggled for a long time with imposter syndrome when it came time to applying to CRNA programs. I didn't think I was smart enough. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I had enough ICU experience. And, you know, that's when I began travel nursing back in the early 2000s and um, just kind of stepped away from my dreams. So imposter syndrome can have you feeling so many different um, emotions, isolation, you know, feeling like a fraud, feeling like a failure, um, you know, just just feeling like, OK, I'll go this route instead because this route isn't isn't what I'm supposed to do. And you haven't even tried that route. Mm -hmm. So there's a ton of different emotions that can come up with imposter syndrome. Is it because you have a need for being so perfect? Just like you said, it happens in the prof professional realm. So the lack of you not knowing this new skills that you're going for, you're completely just feeling the lack of confidence and uh, you feel powerlessness. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually the more research I've done for my book, you know, I found that there's several different types of imposters, if you will. Um, and the perfectionist is one of them. The perfectionist feels like every single duck has to be in a row. You know, it has to be at the right time, at the right moment, at the right date, you know, like it, it cannot launch until everything is perfect. And what do we know about perfection? It doesn't exist. So, you know, if you have these 
beliefs in your subconscious, I'll just say, um, that that perfect perfection is the only way you can pull the trigger then you won't you won't ever pull the trigger because it's never going to be perfect mm -hmm. um and so i i yeah i struggled with perfectionism for a long long time and i won't lie and say that oh I've completely beat imposter syndrome. Each level that you attain in life as you elevate, you know, imposter syndrome creeps up because you're dealing with a different level of people in your circle for each level that you grow. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you just have to recognize it. You have to recognize that this isn't the truth. Like I, I do belong here. I am smart enough to be here. Um, or else I wouldn't be here. I am going to learn, you know, from this person because I don't know everything and that's okay. So you have to be very gentle with yourself as you're when, going to the next level. When did you first discover this? Um, when did you connect all the dots and became self-aware and you, you finally put the pin on the board and said, this is imposter syndrome? Because just like you said, you go through these layers of life, but you have the same belief and it just keeps reflecting onto relationships, friends, uh, professional work, and you just keep not understanding what's going on because it's the the belief that you're projecting reality out of. Yeah. Um, so I'll say I kind of, you know, awakened um, within the past five years um, after my divorce and just not knowing who I actually was on the deep level. Um because I had always been striving, striving, striving for education, then graduate, then work, then education. Like I had never actually just sat with myself and figured out who I was as a, a woman. So I'll say with within the past five years or so, I've been on this whole awakening um, learning journey about imposter syndrome and who Crystal is. One of our friends, and I'm sure you could uh, relate to when I tell you this, this story, is uh she suffers from a little bit of imposter syndrome i'm not sure if it's like the perfectionist uh one or which one it is but growing up she used to always excel in school where she was able to go to a, a grade above her but mm -hmm. once she went to that grade above her um throughout her her childhood and through her schooling uh she would then slowly start to decline because she'd always feel like she shouldn't be there so it affected her school performance and then she would always like level it out. But she was always super smart, always was able to excel in certain things. But then when she got the recognition and like notoriety that comes with it, it's almost like she she turned into that that like that um imposter syndrome started developing and then slowly brought her back down. I'm pretty sure you know what that is, but yeah. but that's that's what it seemed like. And it's crazy how how many people suffer suffer from this because it's a lot. I guarantee a lot of nurses suffer from this, a lot of healthcare professionals, and a lot of people just in, in general, you just don't feel like like you're meant to be where you are. It's almost like things just happen to to fall into place and you don't want to really believe it. Yes, yeah, mm. that actually, um, you know, and I'm sure the different types of imposter syndrome can, you know, merge and mm. things like that. But that sounds like the expert um, type of imposter where uh, it's close to the perfectionist, but the expert feels like, you know, um, 
they have such high standards placed on themselves to be an expert. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, she skips the grade because she was advanced. So she doesn't know everything for this next grade, right? But in her mind, she feels like I should know everything, mm -hmm. you know? And, and a lot of imposter syndrome comes from um, subconscious programming that was placed, you know, within us from the time we were conceived until age seven, you know, and we're just running on a program subconsciously and we're just absorbing everything. And so that may have been something that she saw, you know, from her parents or from a commercial on TV, but that expert, they just think they, they should know everything at whatever level they're at. And, um, you know, then they feel like the tasks that they do have that got them to that level aren't good enough. And that's when she starts mm you know, having the decline and kind of spiraling out. Okay. Do you know all the diff different varieties of imposter, imposter syndrome out there? Um, so there's the perfectionist mm. and the expert. Um, there is the soloist. The soloist likes to do everything on their own. Um, so they don't really like group projects, right? They, they'd rather handle everything on their own. And when they do, they're they're doing it because they want to be rewarded mm -hmm. for doing all the work on their own but all the while that they're doing the work on their own they feel like um nobody else wants to work with them when in reality they're the ones who don't want to work with other people mm -hmm. um then you have the natural genius the natural genius they again like the young lady you mentioned they may just feel like they should just automatically know everything no matter what so i'll give an example as an srna when you're in crna school you're a student registered nurse anesthetist and you have a clinical compo com component similar to when you do clinicals in nursing school and so you go into clinical on day one and if you have this natural genius um mentality you may think i should know how to run a whole anesthetic how to put them to sleep wake them up you know get them to pack you with no problem and it's your first day like that is such a high <laughs> standard and a lot of pressure to put on yourself but that natural genius just feels like i should know this i should know this i should know this and you may have seen even nurses you know who just feel like i should know this i should know this no matter what and it's like you don't have to know this. It's okay to say you don't know this. Let me help you or let's learn it together. Um, so yeah, those are the five types. That, that's what makes a dangerous nurse if that nurse is the one that doesn't ask questions mm -hmm. because she feels she's obligated to know, feels yeah. so much pressure because of her belief that she just doesn't ask the questions, creates a med air. Especially new grads, 100%. Yeah. And looking at imposter syndrome during your research and writing the book, do you feel like it's something that's genetic, genetically predisposed through, you know, just like anxiety and depression? Or is it something more that's learned from your your parents? Because what's interesting about that phase when you're learning in your subconscious is you don't know right from wrong. So you're just taking on the beliefs and these templates and this energy from your parents and then just replicating into the world. And those are the filters that you put on. So um do you know like a specific example of why this happens why we get psychological or uh, subconsciously predisposed to develop uh, imposter syndrome 
Yeah. So in the research that I have done, um, and actually when I'm working with my coaching clients, a lot of the negative belief systems that we operate on are from generational stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's from that epigenetics, um, you know, when our mother and father first conceived us, but it can also go back further, even further in generations is what neuroscience is, you know, kind of now finding out. So it may be a grandfather of a grandfather of a grandfather, right? And just because that seed was in that grand, great, great grandparent, it may have come down into our DNA as well. So it starts with whatever is in our mother's emotional field when she's pregnant with us mm -hmm. and the father's RNA. So whatever's on his you know, RNA and those two things combined at conception are kind of when the, the subconscious beliefs are first formed. And so then you are born and, you know, I think people think, well, they're just, they're a baby, you know, they're, they just goo goo gaga and eat and sleep. But it's like, no, that's actually when the neurons and the synapses and everything are firing and wiring like the most. That's why babies and, you know, young kids can learn five different fluent languages if you teach them, you know, and they use it and it'll stay with them. Um, it's more difficult for an adult, but we can as well. But that zero to seven age is when everything, like you said, that we run into, whether it's intentional or not, you know, from the commercials that are played to the TV programs that are on to what we are hearing our parents say, even um, body language, you know, a, a child is, wa is watching constantly. And so that's all, you know, programming them. And so it could have been something that, um, was said, uh, maybe in a joking matter, but children think in absolutes children don't know, oh, the babysitter was joking when they said, you're such a dummy, or why don't you know this? You know, um, a, a child doesn't know that until around age 10 or so. So it could have been something as small as that, that little seed. And then they start showing up as I should know this. I'm such a dummy. And then they go to first grade and the teacher asks them to read, read a sentence and they mess up and the kids start laughing. And so now that seed has been watered and it just grows and grows and festers and festers on the inside hmm. well it's a crazy concept it's, it's it's crazy to think about and i love how you also mentioned how this all started when you were preconceived so it's almost like your the mother's energy is linking and syncing up to the nervous system and now your uh your body's uh, just like a template that's reflecting all this hmm. um very very uh great uh perspective on all this that you just said uh, so let's just say somebody listening right now is having epiphany. They're like, wow, maybe I've been living with imposter syndrome in my life. What are some practical ways that someone can start today to help reverse this and start working, taking actionable steps on this? Mm. Um, well, you can get my book once it's available, which it will be um, by the time this is out. And um, the other things you can do is you can work with a coach or a therapist. I know when I actually started on my journey five years ago, I did a lot of um, self-work on, on my own. 
And then I actually invested in a coach uh, last year and working with that coach was what really kind of helped peel the layers back and get to the root of where the imposter syndrome had kind of first um, been planted. And so, you know, meditation, I'm huge on meditation. I meditate daily. I will say that I wasn't good at meditation. I know I get a lot of coaching clients who are like, I can't do this meditation that you sent me. And I'm like, just keep trying. It's okay. Don't force it. Your subconscious will, will, when you're, when your subconscious is ready, it'll, you know, it'll bring you through the entire meditation. But I was the same way. I would fall asleep during my meditations um, because my subconscious wasn't ready to reveal the things I needed to find out. Mm -hmm. So um, meditations are huge. Uh, I personally like guided meditations the best and that's what works for me. Um, But also journaling. Journaling is huge. Uh, There's something I've always journaled since I can remember. I still have my journals from when I was like 14. And so there's something about pen on paper that um, not only when you're manifesting, but it it just activates the brain differently. And um, you'll be writing things down that you didn't even realize. So I do um, give certain prompts with my coaching clients and ask certain questions that'll really get them um, kind of reflecting and writing and by the time we're done with my eight week program, they're like, oh my gosh, I have learned so much about myself that I wasn't even aware of. Mm. And it's a lifelong journey, you know, it's not like one and done. Um, but those are like the three best, best, best tips that I could give, like meditation, journaling, and working with a therapist or coach. Mm. Yeah, speaking about all this, uh, changing your mind and stuff, uh, neuroplasticity comes comes into play and comes into mind yeah. uh, because we talk about this a lot as well on our uh, past episodes is part of your life is you learning something and getting programmed for something and then the rest of your life is unprogramming yourself from that program that you've programmed yourself into if that makes sense so it's like it's like unlearning the basket that you learned growing up almost you gotta unlearn to learn mm, yeah. yeah and that's where neuroplasticity comes into play because that's our our brain's ability to break you could say certain thought processes and realign those thoughts with was with positive thoughts have you done any research regarding neuroplasticity or your experience with neuroplasticity oh yeah i love neuroplasticity i like totally geek out on that stuff (laughs) um dr joe dispenza is somebody that i have been listening to for a few years now and dr bruce lipton and Dr. Tara Swartz um, from MIT, actually, um, I can just listen to them for hours, talk about neuroplasticity. And um, actually during the meditations that I do with my coaching clients, they are used for that reason and um, for that reprogramming. Because, you know, like I mentioned before, from zero to seven, we're in a, we're in a hypnotic state. We're in a theta brainwave state hypnosis right and so you know around age eight nine or ten is when we kind of wake up well when we do these meditations i get you back into that theta hypnotic state that you were in when the program first began so that's how you go and you reprogram um, what was put in there in the first place and that's when the magic happens but you have to repeat it like you can't just do it one time and say 
okay, I'm fixed because the the neural wiring, it just wants to go back to the old way. It's like, eh, that didn't really work. So you have to, you know, do it quite a few times for the new synapses to kind of fire and wire. Yeah, and I think it's like, takes at least 30 days to develop a habit. And same yeah. thing goes with like about, about everything. You could, you could keep a diet or, or whatever for a week or two, but if you actually want to change your eating lifestyle, then it's going to take you at least like 30 days of, of commitment for then you, for then it to start getting kind of easier and, and easier because the beginning is always the hardest. But once you start going, it's just that, um, the energy that you got to, the energy that you gave it to start it, it like just keeps, keeps it rolling. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And back to one of your points you mentioned when it comes to hiring a coach to beat imposter syndrome, I think that's a big proponent because the number one thing you should invest in your, uh, invest not into 401k or stocks take that money and invest into a skill or self-help like yourself or a coach because you can troubleshoot that that could uh, give you more return on investment in the future let's just say because a coach is taking his years of experience and he lived through that experience and he has a formula how to do it so why not it's almost like hacking the system where you're buying time through a small little investment it's just a transfer of energy all it really is and I'm, that's why I've, that stood out to me too it's a big proponent because i've invested in uh like mentors myself and it's um helped tremendously yeah the number one thing you can invest on best in is yourself mm-hmm. for sure yeah and that's and then you get the most bang for your buck that way too if you think about it because if you don't get the outcome that that, that you wanted you have full control of it full control over it so it's something that you have to change up not like if you throw money into stocks, you're relying on someone else's. Uh, you could say whatever they do is going to um, reflect on how much you make. Yeah, it's, so it's, best bet. it's like playing Sims if you want to take it into like this RPG perspective. And you're like this character in the game. You, could, you This character could be wasting its time and consuming entertainment and eating junk food. And it'll be functioning whatever, but you can invest in the character and give it some upgrades depending on what kind of game you're playing maybe that could be armor a helmet but in this case it's creating value that's that can't be taken away from you because mm-hmm. it's a skill that you're cultivating yeah yeah and then like as, okay. as holistic beings if you're mentally happy with with where you are in life uh you you broke through your anxieties your imposter, imposter syndrome that's like one uh, one of the pillars of, of life and you have to also think about exercise and, and then nutrition because it all, all goes together, right? It's, it's all one. When one is, is is off, it affects everything. So if, if you mm-hmm. if you're always frustrated, then people are going to be able to see that just by the way uh, you physically look. Yeah. And same way when you when you're happy, when you're serious, you know people could tell you're walking straight, you're making eye contact. That just shows that you're in a better place than somebody that keeps looking down and kind of looks at the discouraged. So um, how do you think that that all plays together, like diet, nutrition, and then like the mental wellness aspect of things? Yeah, before you even started to mention that, I was actually going to add that piece. It's like once you start doing the work on yourself. So let's say your imposter syndrome is I don't want to show up in the world, you know, because I'm not good enough. Well, once you start doing the work um, on yourself or working with a coach or, you know, during the journaling or meditations, you may find that, you know, when you were four years old, maybe you were a chubby kid and you got made fun of. And so you decided, you know, I don't want to show up. Like, I don't want people to see me. I know that was my story. And so, um, your imposter syndrome may be linked to 
um, why you became that chubby kid back in the day and started just eating in order to not be seen in order to, you know, not kind of be on people's radar. And so once you start doing that, you may realize, well, I don't even really want the junk food. What what triggers me when, you know, I want something really sweet? What's going through my mind at that time? And once you hit that point and actually acknowledge it and start working through that, you are going to be healthier because all of a sudden, literally, I know it sounds like magic, but you're not going to want that junk food. The weight is going to start falling off. You're going to walk more confidently and you're just going to embody yourself better. And then the imposter syndrome for that level that you're currently at is going to be gone. You'll have beat it. And it all stemmed from something that happened on the playground back in, you know, 1989. (laughs) Right. And and it's crazy because there is like answers to, to these solutions. And there are things you could do to, to change that aspect of, of ourselves. And it's almost like, so when I look at life, I look at, you could say kind of three things, um, is basically nutrition, um, your mental state, and then physical exercise. And it's like, if you're trying to better your, your, your life, all you have to really do is start in one of those. If you don't, if you don't exercise and you're trying to maybe better your mental wellness, you're kind of really stuck. Maybe self-help books aren't doing enough. Then try to incorporate something else like exercise, because that might be just what you need to help you think, think things uh, in a more thorough, thorough sense. So changing up any of those pillars for like the better, or even changing up your diet, it might help you with mental clarity, change up any of those, those three pillars. It's going to positively impact all the other things that are going on in your, in your life. Cause it just, cause you're basically showing yourself that you have the initiative and a drive and the drive to actually start doing new things. And then you're also telling yourself that, Hey, you can actually stay up to date and consistent with, with these things. So you're almost showing, showing yourself that change is possible. So then your body's like, oh, I could change this. Then I, that means I could also possibly change this. And then you become slowly a better, better person each time. Like you mentioned yesterday, we were, we were talking with Jason, just like building the, the bricks, yeah. like one brick at a time. And just to add on to your point, I would just say, just lean into your fears, like whoever's listening. It's, it's almost like a moral compass that's a giving you a sense of direction. And the way I uh, see this whole subconscious templates, it's... um. It's like your being, your soul knows what it wants, but it's being stomped, stopped by these templates that the body has created as uh, defense mechanisms. And imposter syndrome is just one of those uh, defense mechanisms not to be seen in uh, the story that you mentioned. So just lean into the fear because it's going to be rewarding after you uh, conquer it, whatever the skill, task is, or goal. For your um, journey with imposter syndrome, do you think uh, mindfulness meditation was the biggest influencer of you getting out of that state of mind? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do. I really think that, um, you know, once I had become an expert on how to meditate and the types of meditations that worked for my brain and rewiring, it was like, oh my gosh, like the amount of um, transformation that I saw in weeks. It, and it wasn't just me who saw it. I started getting messages on social media and people mm-hmm. were like, you're like a different person. Like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? And, you know, I, it, it, it was my energy field had completely, you know, changed and it's still changing. Like I'm still a work in progress. And so the meditation and mindfulness, huge, 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 huge. And I just wanted to add, Um, You know, one tip that the listeners may want to try if this is something that interests them, 
um, I have my coaching clients on week two of working with me. I'll give this, I'll share this. Um, I have them do one new thing. So I give them a list of things, but they can choose whatever it will be. But let's say, for instance, I say, I want you to brush your hand, brush your teeth with your opposite hand. So if you're normally right hand dominant, use your left hand every day. Every time you brush your teeth, use that left hand. Um, and it's amazing because what it's going to do is it's going to drop you down into that exact moment because think about how much stuff we do and we're not even in the present moment when we do it. It's that time that you drive to work and you're like, I don't even remember driving here. Like, you know, and so doing something with your opposite extremity is going to bring you into the present moment. It's also interesting when my clients come back to me the following week and tell me about their experience, they say, it felt so weird. I really had to concentrate and my right hand kept coming up to take over. And I said, that is how your subconscious programming works. Like anytime you're trying something new, that subconscious is like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> we don't do this. Like, let's go back to the old way, but keep doing it because that's when the, the new neural synapses are being created. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of funny because I'm having like a little epiphany moment during this episode is uh, this year I finally committed to starting coaching because I want to do things for myself like on the side and take clients and help people because I think it's so beautiful uh, seeing people transform just like I did myself. But I had imposter syndrome starting the commitment to begin it because of uh, I've always told myself that I'm not good enough. I don't have enough experience. I'm too young. I still have so much to learn. I can't help people. And those were the mental uh, blocks that were playing this whole entire time. But just like you said, you have to slow down in that moment to catch that. It's like almost like a, like a video that you're playing 60 frames per second and you're trying to slow it down to 15 frames. So you literally hear your subconscious telling you the wrong shit. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's exactly it. And I want you to know that me with almost 20 years of nursing experience and being a CRNA and being an author and being all of those things, when it came time to me creating my coaching program, because my coach was actually the one who was like, why aren't you coaching? You need to be coaching. And I was like, same thing. Uh, what would I coach about? Who would want to coach with me? I don't have anything that anybody wants to hear. And it's just amazing. Um like I said, for each level that you go up, you know, imposter syndrome really does try to overtake you. So I love to hear that you are going to be going into coaching if you haven't started already. Um, I think that's amazing. And definitely for for men, not saying that you're just going to focus on men, but, you know, men need coaches and, and help. So I think that's that's great. That's definitely a generational problem that we've experienced that all of our uh, fathers from the millennial age passed on where um, they don't know how to express themselves well, just to put it in a nutshell. Mm. But yeah, there's mm. definitely a lot of things. Mm. And how did, how did you get into the supplement industry after like writing books? What inspired you to uh, take that uh, ambition on? <laughs> um, my imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Such a benefit. <laughs> Um, yeah, so actually I got sick with COVID, uh, last January, 2021. And, um, 
just being able to get myself back together, you know, on my own, using my ICU knowledge from all my years of ICU nursing and um, just the 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 supplements that I was taking, they were all capsules. And I was like, who wants to take capsules when their chest feels like there's a tractor trailer on it? So I actually, once I was all better, um, reached out to some manufacturers about a gummy supplement, you know, with elderberry and zinc and vitamin C. And is it the cure? No, but it'll, you know, it's beneficial to have a healthy immune system when there's a global pandemic going on, right? So, um, at first, I was just solely going to do the the immune support gummy, but there was such a great response from that one that I was like, I need, I would like more products. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a lot of back and forth with manufacturers and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I just think that especially for nurses, like we hold science degrees, you know, we, 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 we are business um, business people and entrepreneurs um, with the degrees that we hold and the knowledge that we hold. So I felt that I was limiting myself, you know, to just being in the operating room as a nurse anesthetist. And so when I, you know, was able to get back on my feet after having COVID, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, do these, these, these supplements. Hmm. So how, how does that process work? The supplemental uh, manufacturing do you just give somebody like a list of ingredients and they put it together for you how, how does that work yeah so there's a few different ways that it can work um the way that i chose is i knew the ingredients that i wanted in it um and i knew i wanted it to taste good because you know in my market research um going to the grocery store or cvs or walgreens and tasting the other things that were out there i was like why do people put this in their mouth? This is awful. <laughs> you know, and you've paid $29 for it. So um, I knew I wanted it to taste good. And so, um, you know, that was kind of like my my stipulations when I was going to different manufacturers. And so they would they would come up with different concoctions, send them to me and I taste it and I'd either say yay or nay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it's something that you wanted to get into, you may have a list that looks different from mine. Um, you may not care as much about the flavor. You may want it to be flavored like, you know strawberries or whatever and so you would bring that list to um different manufacturers um i've reached out to manufacturers all in the united states but there are manufacturers in other countries um but i stuck to the united states and you just kind of uh work you know with your um with your link that they give you within the manufacturer and go from there okay yeah because there's there's a little bit of concoction that we take for sleep over here. It's just, I mean, it's nothing crazy. It's magnesium three and eight and L-theanine for everyone who wants to make it at home. But it is, it's, it's, um, well, it's for me at least. And you could speak for yourself, Matthew. I've but, tried it before. But too. yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I feel like it doesn't taste good. <laughs> it doesn't taste good. No, <laughs> you're losing that point, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, I'm, I'm more of a effect kind of, kind of guy. Yeah. I, I would like the objective evidence, you know, before I start to dabble with anything else. But I speak for myself. I think it does improve my sleep quality, not necessarily the amount of hours I sleep, but the quality of sleep that I get. But mm -hmm. it, it also does definitely give me vivid dreams. Oh, so, really? Yeah, as a, as a one subject here, and then you, you could attest, you could speak for yourself. I, th I think it works to so magnesium 3 and L-theanine together. 
well, after the show, I'll give you um, some manufacturers mm -hmm. information. And if it's something that you want to, you know, um, work with somebody with and possibly create, it could be the, the couple of nurses uh, sleep aid i don't know yeah, whatever because <laughs> the thing is, is i was thinking about making... i don't know i gave him this idea we're gonna have like a million capsules in this house by the end of the no. week <laughs> so listen this this is what happened we actually had this idea back when we were still in chicago between our, our nursing contracts and i ordered in bulk l-theanine and magnesium three and eight and then i ordered a bunch of capsules and i didn't realize how long it would take me to actually put this powder in each of these capsules I did like five or six capsules and I was like, it took me like an hour. I was like, this is not going to work. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was a mission. So. And outsource that work right away. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. worth your time. Yeah. So now we just kind of put it in water and mix it in and we just drink it. But it tastes mm. horrible. It's just powder, but it definitely does oh. does work. The vision is there. Yeah, the vision is there. The handwork is not too much. I, <laughs> I'll hook you up with, with some manufacturers after. Okay, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So um, do, being an, an author and... um now have your own supplements and having your own, your own brand. Is there anything that you take away from being a CRNA that helps you uh, to build all this or to think of these ideas and to create this? Um, so I think me being a CRNA and a, a CRNA woman of color, mm. because we're actually like <laughs> less than 1% of yeah. the profession. I think that's what makes me stick out my brand right and so i actually um struggled with that because when it came time to me producing things outside of the crna world i was like most of my followers on social media they want to be a crna or you know or they already are in crna school how do i still incorporate me being a crna by profession but market to them something outside of the CRNA realm. So I actually really fought with that um, last summer because I didn't know, because, you know, as I'm pulling away from nursing and healthcare and being a CRNA and going the business route, it was kind of like a murky territory for me. So I will say being a CRNA has helped me become the social media mm. uh person or face to follow and as i'm going more the business route i am trying more to 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 keep the the nursing science part of who i am but also show y'all outside of being a crna this is the business side of me so i don't know if that answered the question <laughs> no it, it makes sense it makes sense like because like when somebody asked me that question before like hey how does being a nurse you know impact all the other things that that you're doing or how, how can i help you if i get those kind of questions then um like the way i the way i see things is for somebody that is a nurse or in a healthcare profession and is trying to you know do a little, a little bit more and trying to maybe pursue their dreams in a, another sense or trying to start a new project and, and they're kind of excuses that hey i'm, I'm just a nurse there's it's a label. nothing it's a label. Yeah, there's, there's nothing that I know how to do or could take from nursing and from healthcare to help me uh, become or do this thing that, that I want to do. And that's that's just like a super false belief and also probably goes into imposter syndrome because yeah. the fact that you're, you're a nurse, your stress tolerance is already super high. So if you can't figure out any other benefits of nursing that you can bring into these other parts of your life, just at least at least take that into account that 
your ability to handle stress and to be calm in certain pressure based situations is a lot higher than anybody in society so so just, just having that already sets you up for success because even though you might not be sure that what you want to do on the side maybe isn't what you want to do 100 percent, but you're just going to try it you're at least going to have the resilience and a drive to, yeah. to to push through it because your stress tolerance is going to be super high so you're going to maintain it and the one key to success is is maintaining that that level work ethic and sticking to what you want to do uh, throughout time that's when you get recognized that's how you, you build things nothing's ever built in one year you gotta stay with it for you know five six seven years like nursing mm-hmm. school alone took us what two years plus another two years of pre four years yep. that's just four years of, of school just to be a nurse so imagine how long it takes you to achieve your dreams in nursing school yeah. isn't really it's not even a dream it's more of like you know like a daydream you could say slow it down young yeah. grasshopper no yeah. so i gotta tell myself too because i have that impatience sometimes where i want uh, we get too fix, fixated on the goal instead of enjoying the comes. journey and yeah. success is the actual journey and learning and failing and mm. experience and et cetera. So. Yeah, it's like almost time could be like a double-edged sword. It could either A, push you to, to do a project on, on time or it could be a negative because you're always stressed about, about that time and you're not thinking as creatively or as full-minded, you could say, because you're, you're always, or there's always some percentage of your brain always thinking about hey deadline 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 that's why i'm always mm-hmm. chilling in life you know that's why you guys stay chilling that's why we're in san diego baby where it's always nice rain yesterday today's a whole different day yep crystal where can people find you um you can find me on instagram at the crystal grant um you can find me on my website at the crystal grant.com tiktok i think i'm the crystal grant uh just type in the crystal grant i should pop up um, and uh, Facebook, same, The Crystal Grant. And you can find my gummies on superscriptwellness.com or walmart.com. And you can find my Super CRNA series and my Acceptance Granted book on amazon.com. So I'm everywhere. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for your time, everybody. Really appreciate it. Thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you for all your knowledge. Thank you.